right into it today for a little What are you guys talking about? What are you guys talking about? Hey look, he even like he even sways like he's like riding a horse into town when he sings it. Like that's Ed. Oh my god. So sci-fi in westerns, if you didn't know, are kind of Ed's thing. So when watching yeah. I've watched <laughs> All of the current up to episode seven, which I'm glad I watched the last one because that was very unique. Um, and it was, a, it was a Rick Fumiyiwa one, which he's one of my favorites out of that group. But uh, yeah. yeah, today we're going to talk to Mando. And I, uh, I'm i stoked, but I know my man over here, Ed, is going to be even more stoked. So oh, Just over the moon, over the moon. And I guess it's going to be a little bit of a, of a, of a gushing over Disney stuff uh, kind of episode because... There have been a lot of like announcements. And that's stuff like right. That. That's right. So I, I think today what we can we can talk about again. We're getting a little bit off the indie vibe here, guys. So just bear with us on that because you know as indie as we are, we still love mainstream stuff, and you know we have much love for kind of Mando, Star Wars universe, and things like that. So I think today we will end up talking to you a little bit about why it's working so well, and maybe I'll try to bring in some of the stuff I'm learning about why the MCU worked so well, and we can kind of combine mm. the two. So before we get started, though, Brad tax www.lovevictoriaproductions.com if you haven't seen the website you need to go there it is full of delicious content right now jam packed exactly whether it's ed's old stuff ed's new stuff the show reel some of the new stuff we're working on there's loads of stuff there so please check it out um remember you're listening to us on soundcloud you can get us on anchor fm very shortly but if you don't have that you can listen to apple Podcasts. you can go to player fm you can go to podbean we have people all over the place so just please 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 listen you can also check us out on facebook instagram twitter or linkedin we have pages on all of those either in our name which i'm jason shiro and this is edward burgos or you can check out for love victoria productions but enough on that ed yes tell us now we don't need a synopsis yes. no synopsis here okay we're no assuming we're assuming for the point of this that you are as much of a star wars geek as we are and have at least watched <laughs> the seven episodes that have come out thus far as of this recording which is on the 14th of december so with that in mind Take us into your thoughts on season two, Ed. Okay, so what was I expecting after season one, which we did like a whole, we did a show for each episode. We did some Disney gallery stuff as well. We were clearly in the bag, right? Yeah. So um, I was pretty excited for what was to come, whichever direction they took it in. But I must say I have been surprised by um, how they have really kind of, massage the mandalorian into the greater star wars uh universe okay you know? okay and is, um, is that, a, that is that a good yeah. thing or a bad thing from your perspective i i think it's a good thing i think it it, it rewards uh you know the fans of certain characters and people who've been with it since you know back in the day from the early uh the first trilogy um you know and that's you know. Do, I, th- not, I think not... I think more importantly, does it? What does it do for new fans, though? That's that's what I think. Right. Like, yeah, I think what it does is it shows new fans of Star Wars, particularly people who maybe have come to Star Wars since Disney took over. So the the sequel trilogy, um, you know, Rogue One, Lando, that kind of stuff. Uh, I think it gives those people a much better view of what Star Wars was always really about. Okay. Like, and and the things that people just raved about in Star Wars, Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. that they're much more on display here than than they have been for a long time. Okay. Well, that's a really good thing then. All right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, when you talk about expanding the world, give some details of that then. So let's, let's, because you are the, the Star Wars encyclopedia of this show. <coughs> so why don't you tell people listening what kind of stuff you're referring to there? Where, where have you think they've given some good fan service to expand out on things that maybe weren't expanded out before? Mm. Well, I loved episode one. Um, it was John Favreau directing and it felt such a throwback to like the Westerns, you know? Um, the the kind of small town with the sheriff sure. problem. Yeah, sure. So this is the one with the. Uh, it was really funny because I was going to text you. My college roommate appears again. So <laughs> yeah, Timothy you know, I'm Oliphant always talking again. about myself. But yeah, that was Timothy Oliphant again. Is that and he's playing the marshal, right? Yes, Cobb Vanth, who again for for new viewers and I, I like I didn't know about him 
that he existed in other things. Uh, but I loved him in the first episode. It turns out that he's a character in one of the books. Uh, and the people who read that book went crazy. They loved it. And I think it worked both for fans uh, with the deep cut and also for new people as just seeing it as, you know, like the Marshall. Because that, that's the yeah, name of I mean, right? the Marshall. It's, it's kind of interesting because I'm, I'm listening here and like I, I don't come from, from what you're saying. I don't come from the fan base at all on this. In fact, I reject a lot of it. I did on Rise of Skywalker and would do so again. Like, don't get me wrong, but I find Star Wars fans, no offense, Ed, whatsoever, because I love you. <laughs> but in general, <laughs> right. to be toxic to storytelling yeah. because yeah, yeah, yeah. unfortunately yeah. in Rise of Skywalker, it dictated the story going in a horrible direction. So. Yeah. What's interesting yeah. to me is how satisfied you are as a fanboy and how satisfied mm. I was as a complete anti-fanboy saying, yes. I want yeah. a story that works. I don't really give a shit about the backstory. You know, you can check out yeah. my MCU stuff for that. I love the MCU, so that's where I'm the fanboy. I'm like, oh my God, and then they yeah, reference yeah. this and they reference that. Mm. And part of what we were talking about with the MCU is their ability to create a story that works for the masses that also mm. plays into fanboys. And this is mm. where I would completely agree with Ed is... And starting with the first episode, I think, is, is not just obvious, but also a good thing to do because it, it is playing on Italian spaghetti westerns heavily, yeah. heavily. And, you know, it's funny because I just came off of watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which had elements of that in there as well. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. character and it or, yeah. or the actor in it again. So, do you know, this is what I think the beautiful thing is like. I think it gives you enough for the fanboys because you sound very pleased on there. But what I would say to, to the other listeners, those of you who may reject that or those of you who don't know Star Wars, like this is just a good show. Um, yeah. You know, we're talking about pinnacle of, of stuff. And it's not just because I like the show. It's because it's well written. It's because mm. pacing and timing in this is done really well. So you have tons of fanboy stuff. So, I mean, the biggest fanboy bit that, that I saw that I knew – I could just hear the Star Wars fans coming in their pants was the appearance of Boba Fett, like without his helmet yeah. on explaining yeah. why he didn't have his helmet. On. I thought yeah. every star star Wars fanboy was going to jizz his pants in the universe at that. Yeah, that, that pretty much happened. That being said, it didn't matter to me. Like I thought he was a yeah. really cool character. And initially I've, yeah. I've been a fanboy or at least a fan who has hated Boba Fett because I think he's a, a one dimensional character. This gave him mm-hmm. finally three yeah. dimensions. And so, yeah. You know, Ahsoka's the same way. I mean, you know, Rosario Dawson's been due. If you've seen her as much as I have in the MCU, she is due for a leading lady, like, you know, uh, action role like this. And man, like, yeah. probably my favorite episode. Like, I love Ahsoka. Like, I've yeah. seen her in... The, the in, in some... Number episode, yeah, episode th- chapter 13. Yeah, yeah so where he goes to the town and there's the evil woman there that gives him the spear and he's mm. supposed to kill her. And then, I mean, it's just wonderful, you know? Um, it is, yeah. So, okay, now starting with a couple weird things for me, and we're just going to go back and forth a little bit on this until we get to an hour, okay. I think. Um, so I was watching, I just finished the Bill Burr episode, right? Yeah, yeah. Love me some Bill Burr, because if you listen to the show enough, yeah. I start thinking, like, this dude sounds an awful lot like I fucking do. Like, <laughs> and I'm not from New York, and he is. Who's the poser here? Damn it. So, and Gina Carano. And why am I bringing uh, up these two? Well, because in the in-between, between me watching season one, and I love Gina Carano. Gina Carano, just so you know, I mean, I don't have to go into details about this, but she's she's a big, tough lady, you know? And I tend to be kind of soft spot for the big, tough lady. So, <laughs> yeah, kind of think she's hot, mate. So, do you know what I mean? And and I really like the character, not just that she's attractive, mm. but it's a well-thought-out character. She's like a warrior, you know, she's in there. Yeah. And then in the interim, like, unfortunately, you know, TMZ and all the news posts post that she is just MAGA happy and, like, mm. waving the MAGA flag, false elections. Oh, no. Like, it's all bad, you know, oh, no. elections were fraudulent. Exactly. And so then when she came on to season two for me, I was like, oh, my God, it's Gina Carano. And that's a problem. <laughs> and it's a weird problem because yeah. I've not had it before where I'm like, I don't fundamentally, you know, and I don't know anything about the person, to be honest. Gina Carano could mm. be an absolute blast, yo. Like, that's mm. the problem I have is the reason, by the media reporting this, it kind of soured the character for me. And it took mm. me, I still, you know, it was funny. By the last episode I just watched, I was like, you know what? I don't really care. Like, I think mm. she's great in the role. Like, I really like the character of, is it Cara yeah, Dune yeah, yeah. is her full name? Cara Dune. I yeah, really, yeah. it's just, you know, I'm all about, maybe it's because I got a wife and a daughter who I consider to be strong females, but like, strong yeah, yeah, female yeah. presence always gets me going man i just think it's you know i i like it both you know what i mean have have a strong mm. dude and a, and a strong 
uh, a strong lady presence in there. But Bill Barr was the same. Bill Burr was the same way because he made all those comments about women in the Black Black Lives Matter movement. And I was like, oh man, I've watched you completely tank on Saturday Night Live with that comment. And so just briefly, yeah. it takes you out because because his voice yeah. goes like that. And, you're like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, shut up, Bill Burr. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, no. no. Which yeah, was a shame because it was yeah. a really good mm. episode. So, I mean, I can talk probably mm. most vividly, obviously, about the last episode, yeah. which was the first time we could see Mando without his face thing. Yeah, well, uh, in the first season we saw it when, when the when the assassin droid kind of saved him he said oh i'm not i'm not a living ah that's that's right that's right i think that's the last episode isn't it yeah Yeah, okay okay so this is two times we've seen it so far yeah yeah and in the interviews Um, i always loved it in the gallery like he has the shortest cameo in a gallery because i think someone shot it and then realized oh no we're not supposed to show his face so like he's like hello (laughs) and then it just cuts like immediately and it was like you might want to let him finish saying hello before you cut yeah. him out of the picture, you know? I feel a little bit bad for him because the Mando seems to be, like, the hottest thing in the world right now. And, you know, his face isn't really seen that much. Well, you know, this would have all gone into the discussions, though, in, in bringing him on board. Like, I hmm. I have a lot of trust these days in John Favreau, which is saying a lot because hmm. he has, you know, we were talking about, he's done some stinkers before. Uh, and 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 you know this is definitely one that if done incorrectly could go off the rails for anybody but you know i'm Mm. sure he sat down and said listen like are you sure you want to do an entire tv show with no one ever Mm. seeing your face like it is a big deal it does have you know when you talk about star power that's a huge deal but then you Mm. think of guys like anthony or andy circus and it's like well Mm. you know for a long time people didn't really see him they saw his his face a certain way but now, yeah. I mean, he's he gets involved in so many things. So, very true, hope very it's true. a stepping stone. Hope it's a stepping yeah. stone. So let let me ask you then. Uh, so, uh, what what sticks out to you the most uh, of this season? It's, with, with and that's and, and and that's why I was kind of interrupting to say because really, as I said, you, you could say so much so much about this, so much more than I could. But because I'm agreeing with you from a completely different standpoint, like hmm. I don't give a shit about the fanboy stuff. In fact, like I said, I think right. it's toxic. So keep it out as much as you can. Dave Filoni is probably the person I trust with that because he is yeah. the yeah. ultimate Star Wars nerd, and he seems to hmm. understand what stuff like I don't want to see because I don't care. Like. And it's it's mm-hmm. funny because it's the kind of thing that Star Wars has actually been pretty good about that for the most part. It's Star Trek where you can get into those episodes where if you haven't like figured out, you don't know the main characters, mm. you're like, oh, well, never mind. Like, you know, and they fixed <laughs> right. they fixed all that with a new feature film. So they they rebooted and got you know is it Chris Pine and and so yeah you know yeah, fix yeah. that problem and said screw it, you don't need to know anything. Like just watch the explosions, mm. and that's the way you really yeah. should be starting out in any sci-fi. So mm. I think. My point with this was it's the expansion of the Star Wars universe in a dramatic way. In a very mm. what I think is, you know, very much what the MCU did when it was on its high notes. So mm-hmm. here you have a distinct change in strategy, I think. I mean, I don't know if it's a mm-hmm. change in strategy or, or, or so much of a laying down of a gauntlet, because you have mm. the Mando which opens up so many side quests. That's the yeah, whole yeah, point. Yeah. It's an episodic adventure where every day, you know, it does get a bit repetitious because it is always, I've just landed. Well, if you play video games, it makes you feel like you're in Assassin's Creed again because it's always Assassin's Creed. I'm playing tons of Assassin's Creed, I know. And you always have to go to somebody and he's like, oh, I can help you, but first you need to do this for me. And it's like, (laughs) this is what happens in this this show. It's always like, yeah, I need this information. Like, I'll give it to you, but you got to go, you got to go pump those people. I mean, none worse than first episode's the dragon, right? Uh, the crate dragon. Oh mix. my yeah, yeah. god! Like, like that's what I mean. Like, the Western elements were there, but then they mix them with this amazing yeah, yeah. sci-fi bit. That's yeah, like, absolutely. That was probably, I mean, way to open. You know, way to open. That's. I think yeah. I, I I texted you right after. Like, this is so fucking dope. Yeah. <laughs> because it was because that thing was ginormous. Like it was huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was, and it's, and again, it's also a deep cut. Like in in the stories as well like for video games as well. like they, they're doing it so seamlessly but that's like giving you spectacle and great and that's storytelling. and that's what i mean like as long as they have mm. both like i could care yeah, less exactly. and and by having both what it's doing is what you're saying so for you it, it helps you as the fanboy but for the the wider audience what it's going to do is open up more storytelling and for me that's the yeah. obsession obviously you know that's mm. that's the reason we do all this 
And, you know, I looked at the list in Star Wars because initially I heard it and was like, oh, here we go. Like, everybody's going to go to TV. And I was moaning to Ed about this on the phone because, like, this is what's going to happen, at least until a feature mm. film becomes as lucrative as it once was. Like, everybody's going to focus on the golden age of TV because subscription costs and things you could put on this, like, are going to be sweet while you're trying to ride mm. out the storm of no one going to the theaters. So, yeah. yeah, so it was completely, you know, not unexpected that there were a drove hmm. of disney announcements and a dr- yeah, it was 10 it was 10 star wars new tv shows and 10 marvel new tv shows. and it's Just, interesting because they, wow. they always do this and the fans always forget they do this and then they roll back like half of that so they you know the obi-wan mm. thing was on and it was off again it was on it was mm. off again it'll be like that again if they get moving with other projects they have to do but you know disney's taking this sm- i mean they did uh, they did announce hayden christensen coming back to to be in obi-wan as well yeah which, which is fan, interesting yeah, yeah, yeah i mean it's an interesting choice i have yeah. always kind of liked him as an actor yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously his his work and in, mm. in star wars is always to me a bit like like that's not yeah. your best work man especially no, in the second no. one i mean the third one whatever mm, yeah so yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's those kind of things that everything's hot on the TV series. And I just, for me, yeah. it's always like, why isn't it obvious, people? It's because we're all stuck in our houses watching our TVs. So, right. you know, Disney, you know, I get, I'm, I get the decision by HBO Max less. Um, yeah. Which is yeah. something to talk about, I guess, because it is, has happened. And we do talk about these things for posterity. So in case you haven't mm-hmm. caught it in the news, guys. HBO, basically anything that Warner Brothers is putting out in the next year will also appear on HBO Max. Please put your thoughts in the comments because everybody has a damned yeah. opinion on this one. And what's yeah. your opinion on it, to be honest? Uh, um, I- I'm I'm bummed, but I'm also like realistic uh, in terms of, uh, you know, if you, if you keep delaying things because you know you're going to be losing money, which again is, is not the point, right? Like... If, if these companies lose money, then we're not getting more films. So, like, I, I, I get it. I, I get it as a business decision. I, I mean, but then I hear, you know, Denis Villeneuve, like, writing an open letter and, uh, you know, Chris Nolan and this. And yeah, because I, I think the problem is, Ed, not so much the decision to do this. Like, because Disney's going to do it on a, on a case-by-case basis. I think Universal has said the same thing universal's already released a bunch that way mm. um <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i'm the business guy and i have to say i think it's bad business if i'm honest if nothing really? else yeah because listen like a film like dune yeah how is that ever going to work on the on, on a small screen yeah. like don't get me wrong no, people will not... people will watch it and then people will be disappointed and be like oh i didn't think it was grand enough I didn't think my home stereo system really brought in the sandworms the way I want. Like, no, that film had to be released in the theaters first. Yeah. And it's not because, like, this is the thing, man. Like, it's not because, it's not because, you know, I I, I don't want Warner to make money. It's not because Mm. I want HBO Max not to make money. It it has nothing Mm. to do with that. It has to do with what type of film are you making. Okay. There are six billion films that are fine absolutely fine to drop at home first there are probably a handful a very small handful that aren't Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. definitely dune was one of them yeah and so and the problem is like the amount of work legendary pictures which is the indie studio that's getting distributed would have and they're not really indie i mean this is a huge indie studio but the amount of money time and effort they would have made not only into okay, we're going to make this film, but also into getting the star power right and making sure that when yeah. this came out, it was a spectacle. Think Metropolis, man. I mean, that's one of my mm. favorite movies right now because of mm-hmm. because you know because it, it has that old Hollywood spectacle. Like, how does that work mm. now? You know what I mean? Like, mm. the lead character, hell, my hair is styled to look like that damn kid because I thought it was so <laughs> fucking cool. Yeah. What is he going to do yeah. now? Like, he's not going to be a big... I mean, not as big of a star. I think it's not going to do for his career what it would have done had it been, you know, a full, full out release. Um, I don't know, though, man. Like, it's just, you know, if this is the if this is the new normal and this is like, you know, what we have to kind of adjust to. Maybe, you know, Chalamet's and Daya, at least they have like solid uh, social media followings and stuff like that. 
I mean, maybe that'll help with like the views. Ah, uh, but, but, but again, but I, again, I but again, quite... but again, you're you're like you're focusing on like the business outcome. The problem with this mm. ad was not the business outcome; it was the way they did it, and that's an important distinction mm. here. So, no, we all agree that putting stuff straight to video in the middle of COVID. I mean, hell, you don't really want to be encouraging people to go to the theaters right now because that could be another mm -hmm. lawsuit at you. You know, and, and I get it. AMC, there's a cash flow situation. So, in other words, you can't push everything back indefinitely because there's just not, you know, unfortunately, right. movie theaters aren't cash rich. You know, the only company that yeah. can sit on tons of money for long periods of time is Apple, and they're all they're always yeah. they're known for that. If you want to invest, invest in Apple. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, they always yeah. are very cash rich. The problem was the manner that it was done, Ed. Like picture, yeah. like there wasn't warning on this, and so yeah, you've yeah. literally spent. All this money, all this time, all this effort prepping people for this will get released, this will get released. And then before you're even told about it, in the morning, you get an announcement being like, well, actually, no, you're not going to get your singular release. Like, if it were me, and sorry, please, Warner Brothers, if you want me to make a film, I promise I don't mean this really, but I'd sue. <laughs> like, I would sue. Right, right. Because I, I'd be pissed. Yeah. I'd be like, listen, like, what's... And some people some people are going because, to. Because this, yes, yeah, legendary is. Because, because what this doesn't show is that filmmaking is a partnership from start to finish. And if any one party in this partnership starts trying to show its muscle that it's more important than the others, this is what's going to happen. This is how the Screenwriters Guild shut down the TV you know, shows for an entire half a year because you can't make shows if nobody writes. And we often do this in, in – and I say we. It's not like I'm part of Hollywood. But we often do this in Hollywood, right? Like we start thinking one's better than the other. Something's bigger than the other. And it, again, it used to be feature film is king. Now look how everybody's running the TV. Now it's going to be once once the indie studios figure out the feature film thing post-COVID, like I'm sure it's going to go the other way. And that's not just me trying to say we're going to be really successful. But it's the truth. Like – Everybody's got to stop chasing their tail on this kind of stuff. That's where HBO Max mm. made the big dis big mistake. It was like, mm. if you were going to do that, you've got to prep big time for that. Not make an announcement mm. to all your wow. films on the same day. The only people that benefited from this is, you know, and again, this shows it. Like, look at the promotion that Wonder Woman 88 is getting. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I think it's been over, over promoted at this point. Because I'm like, you know, I know mm. it's going to be a good film. However, I don't think it's going to be the amazing epic that you're making it out to be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just don't think it can live up to this, like, oh, it's going to be the next great Wonder Woman, next great Marvel superhero or DC superhero mm. film. So I don't know. It could mm. be, but... I mean, of of the, the, the recent ones, and I still haven't seen Aquaman, I really do need to watch that. I'd probably say the first Wonder Woman was my favorite. Uh Ed, Ed got uh, in so but, much trouble for that, by the way, just to, just to give you an inside story, because it was like, wasn't I on the show talking about how Amber Heard was so cool? And then I was like, wait. Yeah. And then I read the Johnny Depp article. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, you have to warn <laughs> don't me. Let me. Don't let me even think about her. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Sorry. Um, but but uh, no. And, and actually, like, you know, coming back to, to Star Wars, Patty Jenkins, who did both the Wonder Woman's, She's going to be directing Rogue Squadron, which is going to be the next cinema release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for Star Wars, which you know I'm pretty excited about as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a very. I, I think you're right. Like the way they did it clearly was not the right right way to go about it. Uh, but the way Disney are doing it seems to be the right way to go. It about just it. It, you know this is the thing. Like Kevin Feige really shows this when you watch the MCU stuff. It, like it, and it makes sense. Like if you maybe it's you like people who don't have a point of comparison with other business, but filmmaking's like mm. family, man. Like the amount of depth you have to go into these things to make the films, like, cause mm. it's so artsy. Like you have to just have that kind of connection there. I just think relationships, it makes sense to me now why film is a who you know business, not what you know. Um, because yeah. it's really crucial that those relationships are good because you're going to get those people to help you make the next project that's coming around. And I just think Disney right. thinks about that because because they're Disney and because that's how they they operate as, as a you know a major public company shareholder corporation. Like they just think about this stuff well in advance. And um, you know it goes back to Star Wars, like you said. So what's different about season two to me? Well, it's like you said, they're, they're kind of dismantling the old, uh, it's funny. I, I sound like, you know, I sound like an idiot saying this, but it sounds like, it feels like they're dismantling the old patriarchy. Like yeah, it really yeah, does. No, like they're I, saying, I know what you mean. they're saying like, okay, we had our stories. They're all done. Now Skywalker can go blow himself if he really wants to. But here, star Wars, remember we have this massive world that we've never really explored together. People, let's have some fun. 
And so, like, that's what's awesome to me. Because it's like, yes, that was my whole problem with Star Wars. was like, we followed the same three people for, like, eternity. Mm. And it was like, have you not seen Star Trek? Where we can literally put seven people on a different planet and make a whole new show. And it's like, finally, 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 thank you, thank you, thank you. They got it. They're like, oh, wait, we could could make this a whole universe. And I'm like, yeah, Mm. the Star Wars universe, which you've been making toys for. But you know what I mean? It's it's as if the story is now catching up with the ridiculous amount of marketing they've done for nine right, movies. Right. And that makes yeah, me yeah, so yeah. happy. I want 10 TV shows because it will fill in the immense amount of gaps that I have yeah. from being a person that's like, other than these nine movies and a couple cartoons, like, what? You know? Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, how? Okay, so here's a question. Uh, because the the the. St- Star Wars online people are, are discussing this a lot, but would you want the Mandalorian to potentially try to fix the sequels? Um, you know, the J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, and J.J. Abrams uh, films. Would you want them to try and do something to fix? No, those? see, this this I say, I'm, I'm fan, not anti fanboy, pure filmmaker. This is where I get like I I feel like I'm grabbing Fumiyama here and Bri- mm. Bryce here and like whatever mm. fucking story they want to make, they're gonna make because every single one so far was dope. Okay, first mm. one, Dragon Thing, like dope like that thing was yeah. huge sets the second let's run through them dude just 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 for shits yeah, and giggles sure. what was the second one yeah. uh the second one was um uh he had the the armor of boba fett and then he's going i mean i've i've, I've got them on my phone uh lined up i should just... is this the carl weathers oh. episode is that the third one no that's the fourth one so uh, the first episode is the marshal. The second episode is the passenger. So he's looking for more Mandalorians and the frog. Lady. Oh, that's right, the frog, the frog lady. Because because yeah. what was it? it? Was like he goes back to his old friend who just randomly yeah. has, which is all on Tatooine again. It's always like, yeah. how does this always end up fucking happening on Tatooine? Um, there's something wrong with that planet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fundamentally wrong with that planet. But yeah, so she just kind of passes on. And the best thing I loved is like, and this is not meant to be disrespectful to middle-aged women, but it was yeah. like, it was like he was like putting the lady on the bus, you know, like the middle-aged woman on the bus and being like, <laughs> here, of- she's got a baby, you know, can you take her? And it yeah. was like, Dude, I don't think she's cut out for an adventure, yo. You know, like I'm just saying. And then they then they end up on that planet with the spiders. Yes, which is like so. The episode two is my wife's own personal nightmare. <laughs> it was pretty dark. Like yeah, yeah. no, I mean she has an irrational fear of spiders. First person I ever knew yeah. that had an irrational fear of anything. And um, yeah, I mean, if you don't like spiders, uh, do not yeah, watch that episode. That is just yes, read the recap because you won't you yeah. won't make it through that episode. The best then thing the is next one. Yeah. Best thing in that one though is the kid. That damn kid ate so many of those fucking eggs. I was Eating like, the eggs. I I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, I was very confused by that. Why? But no, I no, think that's good. Why? Into, why? Why? Because uh, like it seemed like there there might be some deeper meaning to them, but I was like, no, it's just a kid. Like you know, misbehaving, and they're kind of expanding on the father son relationship. That's kind of how I read ah, it. But... Yeah, no, I think that's how they set it up for you. But this is what I mean with great storytelling. So, yeah, in that episode, he walks up to this thing, right? Puts his hand up to it. And all you fanboys out there were like, oh, he's talking to the unborn eggs. And I can hear the nerdery bullshit running through your fucking minds, all right? That's right. All right, I easy, s- easy. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those I'm sweaties. just trying to make him red. It's really cute. So... And then what they do is they say, nah, 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 nah. And then they go back to my side of things. Like, you remember having a two-year-old kid. They do whatever the hell they want. And so he just goes in there, yoink. And it's like, the problem (laughs) is, it's like, you can't get mad at a two-year-old. Like, you want to be like, what have you just done? You have destroyed something beautiful. But the thing's two. So it won't even understand what you're saying. So you just have to be like, stop that. (laughs) Stop it. No. Like I said, my kid, and, and, I, and, I still remember the day my, um. I know I'm always putting my stories in here, but you know, my, my daughter is a two-year-old. One of the more famous stories was her child minder came up to me one day and said, your child has punched a one-year-old in the face to get its toy. And it was like, so what do you want me to do about it now? Like she's two. Should I punch it back? Exactly. Like I can't go up to me like, you shouldn't have done that 12 hours ago. She won't remember when it happened, you know? Like, Oh, well. Uh, then the next episode is the heiress where he meets uh, other Mandalorians 
and they team up. To oh, oh, see, like, this is why we have to do this because I can get, I can geek out every particular episode because episode three mm. had another one of my personal favorite actresses, but she's been around for a while. And Starbuck, Katie Sackhoff. Katie Sackhoff. Oh my god, yeah. I love her when she's in sci-fi, man. She's so cool, mm. just so cool. So she, she was actually um, the voice actor for the same character in the animated show. Oh, okay. So it was also very cool to have her. So, kind and of here we go. Here I, here I will let you open ye book of Star Wars nerdery. Can you give us... Am, a, I, allowed, am I allowed to be nerdy now? I know. I love you, Eddie. <laughs> can, can you give us more on the backstory on that? Though? I found that one particularly sure. interesting. So there's, there's two yeah. groups of Mandos, it looks like. Yeah, there's actually lots of groups of Mandalorians. And in this one, they explain that Jin is a child of the Watch who are basically a little bit of an extremist group of Mandalorians who, in order to um, try to wait, wait, cover... Wait, are, are they like the, the Knights of the Watch from Game of Thrones? No, no, it's, it's a little bit more like... Oh, I, like, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, like extremist religious kind of terrorists but like but like in the game of thrones they take the black they can't like sleep with women anymore they oh, can't yeah. actually yeah you're right yeah yeah sorry it i is, just it is kind I of just, like you know yeah, that, they, yeah. i'm a writer so i'm like some writer was watching game of thrones and said that's a really dope idea <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway so we find out that he's one of these but there are other groups and the one who he meets her name is bo katan and she was once the leader of all Mandalorians. And the Darksaber that Moff Gideon has is a symbol of leadership of the Mandalorians. And so that's what she's after in the episode. She's like, I'm trying to find out where this thing is that I need to lead the Mandalorians. Yes, the Dark Blade. That's all that. The not, the the not, the not round blade. It's the, it's the one that looks more jagged. The spiky one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it was really cool, and it also did a lot to confront the Mandalorian and his beliefs as to what a what a Mandalorian is. Yeah, it's it's a good parallel episode with because there's two episodes that do that so far. So there's this episode, the one you're talking about, and then obviously the one I just watched, which was seven. And I I, yeah, I really like the parallels in that, what they're trying to explain to him that like you think everyone's like this, like mm. you know, it's a big galaxy out there. It's another way, Ed. That what they're doing, yeah. that's dismantling the patriarchy. So what right, they're right, doing right. is they're taking all this lore that you love, you know what I mean? And lore mm, that the fans mm. love. And they're saying, you can keep your lore, but we have to expand this universe for you. So you have to see that where you thought this was black and white, it's really gray. Mm. And that's because yeah, the world right. is like that. And that's how you make right. a universe. You you yeah. make, you know, Lord of the Rings got like that with lots of stuff. You know what I mean? When you start yeah. having the, the, the sons of Gondor, you know, going against mm. and trying to steal the ring. It was the whole mixing of these things. And, you know, he's mm. still portrayed as dark side in the, the flash credits at the beginning. I, you know, we talked yeah, yeah. about that before. This is all moving so they can, like, totally expand this into, you know, I was thinking, like, if we died today, like... And some aliens picked this up like a thousand years from now. I bet you this will be like a Bible somewhere someday. Like, like <laughs> and we pray to the to the all Ahsoka and the great Mandalo who saved us from, like, you know. And they'll be like, like, like in like in galaxy. Those like. humans were so advanced back then. Like, yeah, it was just a TV show, but you know. <laughs> uh, then you have um, the siege, which is the one which grief, which um, Carl Weathers directed. And, yeah, uh, and, and, where. Yeah. yeah, no, and and I just was I was especially watching that one because obviously yeah. I kind of felt bad about dogging. I wasn't really dogging Carl Weathers. I love you, man. <laughs> Not at all. I love you, man. He was just it was a little bit odd. Like, yeah, it was no just it's just a bit like back and forth. And man, like that was a Carl Weathers episode. I was like, man, <laughs> yeah, that's action packed. Yeah. I feel like yeah, I right. feel like you you took yeah. me along for the ride on that one. For sure, for sure. Uh, and and they did some nice uh, expanding on the on the lore and. Um, uh yeah man they, you know. they 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 deep space nine you like that's what they did they said because that's again it's all part of this thing they're trying to show you this thing we're going to create a world so they've they've rid the empire right of, of that area mm -hmm. and that's why the most touching thing about that scene is when they go in the school yeah yeah because yeah. think it's, of it's how often moment. you know in a western scenario right so this is where it's that great combination of sci-fi and western so the western mm. is the great outdoors right the great unknown the the, it's the frontier. The frontier. Right? No yeah. schools there, man. Kids get shot every day. And then you walk into somewhere and it's like, actually, no, there are bastions of civilization forming. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, he tried to do it in um, 
and I say he, George Lucas tried to do something like that in, in, in the prequels, and he failed. Yeah, yeah. And he failed pretty badly, if you ask me. Um, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I just mean from a storytelling perspective. You know, it's like I tell you, it's when those opening credits open up and it's like, and he forgot to file his taxes on the 31st of December. <laughs> so he received a 525 pound fine. But the Senate said no. So the Senate came in and it was like, dude, nobody wants to hear about somebody's taxes. You know what I mean? And it was like, it was like he just didn't get it. And it was like, the whole thing was founded yeah. on some sort of trade dispute that really was too complicated to understand. You know why the yeah. second season works well as well? Simplicity. Mm. Simplicity yeah. in design. Think of every single episode. It's always like a single quest. Mm-hmm. Go get the sword. Go get the girl. Go get the thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I know it sounds stupid to people, but man, that's the stories we want to watch. I think so. I think that it's... Uh... And it's, it's such a kind of classic way of telling stories as well that I think it works. Uh, but then you had um, the episode with Ahsoka, the Jedi, which um, I think blended like two of the biggest influences on Star Wars from day one were Westerns and Samurai films. That's right. That's why it's probably my favorite episode because it's just... It just has it so ingrained. We'll it? talk about favorite scenes, I guess, in just a minute. But like, I had okay. probably visually my favorite scene. Interesting. Okay. Uh, then we had um, the tragedy, which moved on surprisingly quickly from you know the whole lore dump that we got from the episode called the Jedi, including the the child's name. Like where he was, where he grew up and stuff like that. And obviously the introduction of Ahsoka. Dropping of characters, character names that are going to be in her series. Just a lot of stuff happened. And then we went straight to the planet with the stone where, you know, Grogu has to sit and reach out to the Force. No, like, and, it happened and, like, very quickly. and like they get him, man. And like, were you just not like, my breath was taken away. I'm like, I can't believe they just got him. You know what I mean? Like, like at the end of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Like, there's there's a brilliant shot when Mando's looking at the kid being, like, taken. Yeah, it, that's what the and, one I'm thinking of, yeah. Yeah, with, so, with the ears some of it, flapping. Some of it, like, so and, and see, this is what I mean with great storytelling. So let's let's dive just into that particular scene. Because the whole thing, guys, mm. the whole thing, I'm not bullshitting you. First of all, these are episodes that are 30, like, 30 to 38 minutes long, except yeah, for the first uh, one. Like, wow, that's incredible. insane. The amount of exposition yeah. and story they pack into every episode. It's what it yeah. used to be. In the 80s, as kids, this is what we wanted. We wanted to sit down, mm. watch the episode, get all the information, and wait for the next week for the next one. John Favreau is recreating that i cannot wait till my daughter's old enough to watch these and i'll be like you should just sit and watch them man there's so much fun because they're fun that's the bottom line and and i guess that's what i mean there is a truckload like you said of exposition but they're always doing pope in the pool stuff for the exposition so every time there's a long rant about something you're either looking at a character that you haven't seen in a while so you're like oh or you know boba fett you listen to anything he said because he just was so cool he's like this monk and you're like oh my god you're the dude from star wars the movie like Mm. oh my god that's so cool so Mm. i guess that's my point is like it's it's not just one well-crafted thing it's a million well-crafted but in this particular instance why is this Mm well-crafted well just the scene alone sets itself up for what's about to happen. You don't know it when you see these tall pillars and you're like, okay, it looked like Stonehenge. And you're like, all right, welcome to Stonehenge, whatever. And you put the kid on it and you're like, all right, we've seen this in Stargate and everything else. But what you don't understand is that scene is set up so when they do the steel, it's going to look dope. And why? Because Mm. everything becomes vertical in that scene. Mm. You know, as you see him moving up the mountain, trying to get to the kid, but he can't reach them in time. You see them coming down from the top. The whole thing just changes. And for some reason, it looks cool that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, But it's it's that kind of like someone looked at that ahead of time, Ed, and said, yeah, it's going to be an up and down scene. So we need to make the set Mm. look like this. You know what I mean? Like that's that's really, really interesting because, again, they're doing a lot of like you know law stuff with boba fett and and but yet they're make, they're keeping it visually interesting for the casual viewer you know who's not like geeking out when slave one like appears uh the you know the ship that boba fett uh flies in like no and, and know, I, the fanboys and, and the, yeah, the, geeking the out, best but... and i i want to say it's because there's probably good primers now out there so you know, a good version of this is Game of Thrones. That's why Game of Thrones works, guys, because Game of Thrones shouldn't have worked, right? Ed and I love 
Dungeons and Dragons fantasy everything, it's the death knell when you put stuff out on there because most people can't get into it because it's really in depth. Yeah. You know, we don't agree, but we're just saying, like, listen, we understand. Like, yeah. it's been the reason Game of Thrones didn't happen before. You know, last time I can remember mm, exactly. a, a popular version of Knights of the Round Table was like fucking Excalibur in the 70s. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. so there you go. Or Conan the Barbarians, the other one. And all of those things, what they share in common is like, you could watch them with or you could watch them without your nerdery. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it's mm. just that way of. Of, of taking something and making it more commercial. And that's what I just think is awesome about it, you know? Yeah. One thing that I will shout out that uh, is not Star Wars or MCU related that Disney did mention was a Willow TV show. Um, did, do, do you remember Willow from back in the day? I do. With Warwick Davis? I do. And it's like, I'm like, no, just don't. No. Really? Oh, really. dude. Really? My heart. Really? I love Warwick Davis. I love, I love Warwick Davis. I love Willow. But it was a George yeah. Lucas... Basically, it was a George Lucas cheat on Lord of the Rings, um, which it's far enough different. I mean, this is me saying this, and I cheat on everything I do. Like, every, you, you, you know, it's like, where, where have I stolen this from? But I like the movie. I don't like that we're still, like, talking about it. Like, it was okay, but it wasn't that it's, great. It's Ron Howard's first film as well. I reckon uh, Bryce might have something to is do that, with it. Is that, is that his first directorial? Is that his directorial first debut? I always thought George Lucas. Oh, okay. Because they were talking about this. That George Lucas didn't actually direct a lot of the films he's involved in. Okay. Mm. First Ron Howard film. Like, don't get me wrong. I love it as 80 nostalgia, but I wish it would stay that mm. way. Only because I'm getting really frustrated, Ed, with the lack mm. of new, new. Like, it's like Disney can do it, I guess, because it's Disney and they have the, the, the things. But... I just don't see new content being created. And it's like, we're going to suffer from that eventually. This will all dry up at some point and people will get sick of listening to the same 10 stories. So that's why when it was like, like Star Wars is cool. That's a universe that's primed for the expansion. I guess they're thinking the same way with Willow and I'll probably eat my words when it comes out. Um, but I don't know. As I said, I, I, you mm. know, the Lord of the Rings, they made another Lord of the Rings TV show. Where did that go? Like, where is that now? Mm. Yeah, that's it's got to be dropping soon. It already right? dropped. Is it, is yeah, it, I'm pretty sure it dropped. Is it, is it Amazon that uh, Amazon Prime, the number one viewed thingy in the world? They paid a lot of money for that as well. All right. Anyway, um, and then the last episode is the Believer. That's the last one that we've seen up until now. Uh, which you you enjoy that one? Yeah. Again, it's it's a, an exposition. I mean, Bill Barr is one of the central characters that, and he's used as a plot device. It's kind of a buddy film where they're going to go on this adventure, and the man is going to learn that things aren't as black and white as he thinks it is again. And that's what they keep doing. Is saying like, and that's why at the end, of course, Bill's like let go because they're explaining like Empire, you know, Republic. Republic like there's yeah. there's a lot in between there, and that's what I like. Mm. Like that for me, it's like because that's very topical right now too. We yeah, are moving yeah, yeah. from a world, you know, now that, thank God, that, that, that Trump has finally left us, oh, or, mm. or he's leaving us. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like, we're entering a period where it's going to be much more conciliatory than it was before. And that's why I think it works in Star Wars. It might work in Willow. You look so sad when I said Willow sucks. I don't think it'll suck. Oh, no. It's just... I think it's like it's like a lack of focus. You don't have to like the same thing. No, no, no. It's just the lack of focus. You announce 10 Star Wars, and then you announce 10 MCU, and then you're like, and we're going to take Willow and build that into a full universe. And it's like, wait. Like, Star Wars, do it. Do it well. MCU, figure out what you're doing with that. That that hasn't necessarily worked so far. Like, they're talking mm. Phase 4 and Phase 5. And don't get me wrong. Like, got to have plans. But again, we're developing out now 10. Like, that's like 10 years worth of development, isn't it? Mm, yeah, that's cool. all i'm saying it it's like if if we're going to continuously we're going to 10 years work on old projects like that I, I just don't i don't for me i don't i don't ring with that i'm mm. like in that amount of time you have to because you're taking the best of the best to do this stuff so john favreau was out making new stuff then i wouldn't have a problem with it but it's like mm. you're going to take john favreau Fu, you know fukuyama dallas you know bryce you're going to take them all you're gonna have a making stuff that's 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 you know based on an existing universe. Now, hopefully, they go out and make new stuff too. But I just don't like all the incentive we're giving to make things that have already been made. It's like mm -hmm. we need to be encouraging, and maybe that's on our level to do. Maybe it's on the indie level to go out and say no, no, no new stories, new developments. Because mm -hmm. you know, every time I watch this stuff, I'm like, what's to say that the next one isn't being developed right now? Though it's just a matter of it coming out. So, you know, it's it's just, that's what I mean. The franchise that we're going with here is still uh, like a 30-year-old franchise. So, and, and and Willow would be 20 years old. And, and that's what I mean. Like, it's just that going back to, um, 
you know, our parents... Didn't they announce an Indiana Jones thing as well, right? They did. It's going to... Well, I don't know if they're going to kill him. They said it's going to be the last one, though. Yeah. So, but that's what I mean. Like, we are reaching the end of the tether. Like, I love going back and watching old Indiana Jones, but I don't really have any craving for a new one because I know... No offense, Harrison Ford, because you are awesome, dude, and I fished on your property once, but you know what I mean? Like, I have no desire to see him doing that again. He did a great job as it was. If he wants to do something different... Did you ever watch um, the young Indiana Jones? I did. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, that was really good. That was one of those... Remember I tell you about those Friday night shows I used to watch? That was one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, amazing stories. So that's what I mean we'll we'll be all right you know what i mean things will 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 go forward and and and, you know i don't think it'll be the end of the world it's just a matter of Mm. i just wish there was no why can't disney do something new you know what i mean like from a from a filmmaker's perspective it is like you know but i i think you know ranting on as i am i think i've actually solved the problem or told you the, the 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 dimensions of the problem the problem you have as a big studio right now is you know you're already afraid to use new content because people may not go see it I don't think you've got very much wiggle room to make get things wrong right now if you're a major studio because you produce a major film now in the theaters and it bombs then well you know what I mean you're already you're, you're adding bad to bad so I think this is the way the major studios are going to consolidate their money and make sure they're mm. producing things that are going to give them the most benefit so that yeah. I can understand <coughs> uh, barring the the blindsiding announcement by HBO Max for indie mm. indie studios like ours Ed I think that's where we're going to have to really try to drive new content because mm. otherwise where does it come from you know yeah 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 it's a very good point all right, so let's get down to some more fun stuff. Enough of that ranting about money. Favorite scenes, Ed. Favorite scenes. Favorite scenes. Oh, which God, which one gave you a chubby? Uh, the opening scene of the Jedi with Ahsoka just being a ninja. I really, I like... really hate you sometimes. I was, I was so excited to rant about that, but no, you're right. That's the best scene. <laughs> it's just I mean, it's just that the, the lightsaber on lightsaber off lightsaber on lightsaber yeah, off it was like yeah. oh my god and i didn't know i didn't really know how i would feel about because inevitably the jedis were going to get involved because he's looking for the jedi to give the child back to them and stuff but i didn't know how i would feel when it actually happened um because i've been loving the you know the whole lone wolf and cub dynamic the you know, weekly adventure and stuff like that. And I was, I was a little bit scared of when they do kind of start bringing things. Are they going to, are they going to Skywalker the shit out of this? Right. And, you know, to be honest, I think that it was because it was a character that, you know, Filoni had, had created with George Lucas. I think that he had a lot more confidence in what to do with, with, with the character. But that opening scene was amazing, and they did not bury the lead at all in that episode. I thought it might be like she'd show up right at the end or something like that. No, no, no. no, no. Like, and part of this comes from the fact that I, you know, she starts on Daredevil, but you see her in all the MCU Netflix stuff now, and her role increases and increases and increases because I, you know, I'm pretty sure she's she's just a good actress and kept saying like, "I'm mm. not the damsel in distress, thank you. I'm the doctor, so please, or the nurse, can you please put me in the show." But the only thing you feel bad about is she's not a superhero in this. And you're like, she should be because she's a really good actress. Mm. She she definitely mm. has a presence on screen every time she's there. And so you're like, mm, it's kind of a bummer they don't have her do more than this. Especially when you've got like mm. guys like the Iron Fist and you're like, if she could replace him, you know, like, <laughs> that would make... She's cooler than he is. She's a lot cooler than that guy. Um, yeah. And in this one, like, she just plays to... I guess the things I like about Rosario Dawson, she always has this like motherly quality to her and like... It really played out so well in this. Motherly but fierce, you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. not trying to say, like, she's some sort of pushover. Like, it's this grace that she has in the way she does mm. things that, like, I like it in her movements and the acting and things like that. And, I mean, she is just yeah. so good as Ahsoka, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, has that Jedi flit to her where she just mm. kind of glides around. And that's why I was loving it. Because, again, it was written a way I would be like, well, if I was a cool Jedi with tool sabers and I wanted to, you know, get people what would i do yeah i turn them off and turn them on and just start freaking right. people out like so cool so all right so now i have to pick another favorite scene of mine because you took mine ed because you're a big meanie sorry i already texted you one that was really good though best comedy scene is no the red one no 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 no. the red one goes where the blue one went oh god this is well it was worth a try i just it was such a simple gag but it works so well because he's sitting there and he's like which one and it's eh? and yeah. it's just like that's what I love about the Mando dude is the simple fact that 
you've got all this mainstream goodness there, stuff that in a normal comedy would make me laugh and laugh at my sides. Good Western mm. stuff, like your mustard's yellow, mm. you know, kind of the, mm. the showdowns mm. and stuff like that, which we've forgotten mm. how much everybody enjoys a good mm. Western, a weekly Western, mm. you know? Mm. So there we yeah. go. You know, bounty law, here we come. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, what about, um, uh, how do you feel about the name? What, the Mandalorian? No, Grogu. I, I barely, that's what I mean, like, meh. Meh. Thought, didn't care. thought it was kind of stupid, I, but in I the was same surprised, sense. I was surprised that they gave him a name, like, after this much time. But that's, and that's the brilliant part. They did, and then they went right back to just calling him the kid all the time. So they all know his <laughs> name, and they're all like, the kid, the kid, the kid. Right. Even in the credits, the kid. So that's what I loved about it. But that's what you had to do, because most people are like, but he's the kid. He's the cub. You know, he's your, right, he's your wolf right, and cub right, guy, right? right? So... Yeah. I mean, it's just stuff like that. Like, I think that's where they've really, really nailed it. And and mm. another interesting question. I'm going to give a two-second rant. A little longer than two seconds. But a two-second mm. rant on it. And then I want your opinions on this. The only thing that was really weird to me, though, aside from Carl Weathers so far, though, they haven't switched mm. any of the directors. And so that's not always the way a show goes, especially with John Favreau uh, writing it. No, they, um, they did bring in... Uh, Peyton Reed. For That's it. Sorry, sorry. Episode... You're absolutely. Do you, do you know who Peyton Reed is? Yeah, yeah. The director of That's right. That's right. And and that's why that episode. I remember that being like good for him. So it's really good you brought that up because that particular episode. So Ant Man and Peyton Reed. You've heard me talk about because I think we did a podcast on it. Mm. Like I just wasn't. Yeah. And sorry, now this is doing a twenty minute rant. Um. <laughs> Peyton Reed, I just never really thought gave his chops on Ant-Man. I think he came in to get the job done. And, like, he basically was there to fix it so Kevin could work with what had been there before from Edgar Wright but also make it a Marvel Mm. film. Just from the directors, Mm -hmm. he was the nicest guy on the commentary. But that's what I mean. It Mm. it wasn't quite as as insightful as some of the other ones Mm. are. And Mm. so... I kind of wrote him off a little bit. I was like, well, yeah. he's definitely not one of the strong directors for MCU. But at- I was surprised. I was surprised. But that episode that was episode. really good. Like, the pacing on yeah. it is just perfect. And it was so short. That's the shortest one. It's like 30, 30 minutes and 38 seconds. Like, love that. Uh, I uh, Okay. Because the other new guy is your boy, man. Robert Rodriguez. Which one was that? He directed episode six, the one with Boba Fett. Ah, okay. All right. Which was also super short. Like, I thought that one was, like, under 30. But that's why I'm asking. Like, do you think that's... mm. You have to understand, things like CSI, Ed, like, they they replaced. Mm. And that's what this is going for. That's what I like about it. We're no longer talking about, like, a kind of a niche show that a few people watch. They're they're gunning Mm. this now for me. Like, you all should be turning this on on a Sunday night at 8 o'clock. Like, Mm. that's how Mm. HBO used to get their people watching their stuff being like, "Uh uh-uh, this isn't just a good show. It's one of the best shows out there. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. that's what I mean. I just, I just, just curious because it's like you know, like the Crown uses the same people through and through and through mm-hmm. for the directors. Mm-hmm. They change the same like four or five people, and and Peter Morgan kind of watches over all this. But but CSI changed it every every time. Mm-hmm. Like that's why you had the famous Quentin mm-hmm. Tarantino episodes and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, what yeah. are your views on that? On having like a crew with only a few extra members added? You know, Favreau yeah. still running the whole thing. What are your views on it? I think that I was I was I was a bit trepidatious when I when I found out that not the same crew of directors were going to be on season 2 mostly because you know we watched the Disney Gallery and you saw that kind of camaraderie that they had like built right. and they were all working in the same direction and you know rowing together and that's right so and, even if even if yeah. john favreau is not writing is writing the scripts on this guys what you have to say is when you go to actually film it that's the story coming alive every director will be telling the story that way so mm. that was the brunch yeah yeah so i was really pleasantly surprised that i really enjoyed the peyton reed episode and i loved the robert rodriguez episode um, I think it's, I, I think that they are going to, exactly like you're saying, they are going to go in that direction, but I think that they're also potentially like auditioning directors to like run shows. Cause Deborah Chow is running the Obi-Wan show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bryce Dallas Howard is, is being like tapped for something. Taika Waititi is also developing a, one of the movies. Like, I think it's almost like a, a staging ground for other star wars projects you know mm. 
And as long as as long as Filoni and Favreau kind of helmet and keep their eye on on the global picture of everything, I think it's going to be amazing for however long it runs. It just was interesting. So I mean, from my perspective, the Fumuyu and the in the Bryce, ep, you know, the, the Howard episodes were better. You know what I mean than the last mm, ones. Yeah. So especially with yeah. Howard, because I thought. I thought I always thought she did a good job on that one, but it was it was the the blandest of the episodes because it was so like hard with the homework episode, like so when you could watch mm. with your kids, they save the village, blah blah blah. Like it was cool, but I was always like, ah, mm. like I think she can be edgier than that. And then the next one yeah. she did, I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, although I, I I will say that the the one she did last season, I was talking about this with someone the other day, and we were talking about how cool the the walker was in that. I how know they you kind of made it into a beast. Yeah, and stuff. like. That was the thing. You love that part. I I wasn't I, I wasn't part. as keen on it, but you know what I mean. Like the fact that you're coming back to it again. Like yeah, it definitely shows some chops. But but I completely agree with you. These these both seem better. Filoni seem more polished. It's, it's just Filoni as well. Yeah. Filoni seems better tamed because as I said, he's the the nerdiest of the Star Wars nerds, and I'm always worried his stuff I'm not going to like because he's going to go too far into mm. the lore and I'm going to be like, oh, don't bore me with this again. You know what I mean? And he didn't. Yeah, he yeah, had yeah. a he had a. I knew it was his episode because there was a truckload of lore in it. But then yeah. it was like so well presented, and so yeah. I, I mean, that's just why I'm in love with it right now. And we've got how many more episodes mm. do we have? Are they going to go one more in this? Oh season? wow! So one one big finale. So so let me ask you, um, what if you were to predict what might happen in the last episode? Oh no, no predictions, what? man. Uh, if you want, really, no. really want me to, but no, I think that's the beauty of what's going on right now is I can't predict like. If they're going to, you know, Moff Gideon has the guy, you know, he's going to go for it. Like, if we wanted to do a, a, a cliffhanger, then he's going to go for it and something's going to happen to him at the end. So if I'm writing it and I want you to wait to season three to see what's yeah. going to happen, then I'm going to make it's it's yeah. going to be standard rescue that's going to yeah, go yeah. wrong at the end. And he's going to look like yeah. he's about to die trying to save the kid. Hey, I 100% agree with you. I think that is. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I, I don't know. I mean, I that's be a that's, no, no, that's the traditional ending. That's the ending you write for that because it gets right. everybody. Ex- but yeah, I'm also open to anything, like you say, because. Well, that's like, that's why I would say like that though, happen. because like, and, yeah. and that's why I like Fumiyiwa so much because his stuff always has that really traditional story, and then he twists it. And it was yeah. like you remember yeah. it was the his last one was the escape. And then it was like it yes. turns on itself, and then all of a sudden the hunter is the hunted. The like, horror. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, Mr. Fumiyama, but I just think that's so cool. Like, he's awesome. He's really, really cool. He's just yeah, dedicated. Yeah. They're all so dedicated, and that's that's why we love it, guys. Because like, mm. you indie, you have to be dedicated because you don't have any money, <laughs> so mm. you only have your kind of heart to be like, yay, we're gonna do this, everybody. Right. You can tell that even though they've got these boatloads of cash, like every single yeah. one of them is is working hard to kind of put quality stuff on the screen and that's just gonna make good tv and that's the awesome bit is it really is just good tv you don't have to be a star wars fan you don't have to be an anything fan amen amen so which which of these new ones eddie spaghetti are you looking forward to the most which one is like eddie spaghetti's you must watch this one next because you predicted the mando would be good Mm. i think ahsoka is going to be pretty awesome i'm pretty sure that it's going to involve one of my favorite uh villains from like the books in the 90s and stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh which i'm really excited for and um yeah i think i think that's probably and rosario dawson just killed it like it felt like that episode was almost like a backdoor pilot it was i think you mentioned that before it was that was so an audition that was so like look how because all everything in that episode was based on and this is how they're doing it right so again and this is where it can be useful with you listening like this isn't just the story this isn't just us saying this the way they visually set up that episode was introducing you to her so when she comes in in the first scene you want an opening scene that makes you knock your socks off what does she do she flashes her lightsabers on and off like you've never seen before and then she comes and takes the whole thing. Same way you love the Mando when he did all his cool stuff. And you're like, never seen that before either. So yeah. automatically auditioning her saying, wouldn't you like to know more about this character? Then there's all that unspoken stuff between her and the child, right? And mm. so that was where I really felt there's nothing said. There's no words. Mm. So there's no exposition here. They're not taking the story really anywhere. They're showing you her. 
And they're saying, look how she expresses when she's in oneness with with the Force. Yeah. Like, does that work yeah. for you? It worked for me. I was like, that is a yeah. female Jedi if I've ever seen one. Yeah. Like, it looked like my yeah. yoga instructor. You know what I mean? Like, everything yeah. <laughs> is fine. And so that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, she nailed it, and she looked good she doing it. it. Like, the makeup was on point, so that's another thing you can say, oh, it doesn't quite look right, or, you know, because it doesn't mm-hmm. look like, that's the best thing about yeah. Star Wars 2 with all these big names, is, like, you're getting all these big names that you don't recognize because they don't look anything like themselves. I'm sorry, but in an age of diversity, I love that. You know what I mean? That, <coughs> yeah, like, that's true. will make everybody look a little bit different. When when you, when you know, when I found out Nick Nolte was, uh, was what's-his-face, it was like, <laughs> oh. oh. Pour one out for the Ugnor. That's right. I have spoken. That's right. I have spoken. I have spoken. I was thinking of you today, man. Before we close this off, I was thinking of you. I was watching Christmas Chronicles with uh, with Kay today. And man, Kurt yeah. Russell as Santa Claus. Thank you very much. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not kidding, man. I was not a Kurt Russell fan before I met you, Ed. I was really, really? not. No, I just wasn't. He's got that voice. And he, he reminds me of every bigoted kind of braggart yeah. white guy i grew up yeah. with it was just a and bit he kind of is as well. he kind of is but he's thing. so yeah. like just like the guys he's a good actor just like my yeah. buddies back home they're so likable do you know what i mean like yeah. in christmas yeah. chronicles man he busts out this like elvis number you know in the mm. middle of it he's i mean he's just the badass santa claus and i was like my daughter was loving it she was just like he's so yeah. cool daddy and i'm like i know he really is I know. and this time you get mrs claus in the sequel so that's that's for later in the week christmas chronicles 2 with yes. goldie hahn and of course, tomorrow is Kay's birthday. That's right, well. my we daughter. Say happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Hey, to you. Happy birthday happy to you. To you. Happy birthday, birthday, dear Catherine. Catherine. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to, to you. you. Happy birthday, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, no, we were sending up gifts before she went to bed, so the best, best nice. gift. I had to talk low with this one, so we're gonna talk low into the mic so you guys can only hear it. But my soft. my mom bought her this thing that's it's like a cat. But it's not a real cat, but the box moves and everything. Like, we had to leave it upstairs because it meows when you get near it. <laughs> she's going to love it. She's going to love it, folks. If you knew anything about my girl, she's going to love it. So, so we've tried to do a whirlwind of the Mando here. Any other thoughts, Ed, before we, we sign off here? Um, no, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm super glad that, you know, we, we devoted quite a lot of time to season one um, uh, last year and over the last year and uh, it's just awesome that um you know it it has kept a really high standard and that it's not catering to the toxic fandom uh it's telling good stories i'm just really yeah i mean like like indie producer jay this is a good report card and it's a good report card because i don't have that's why i only wanted to do one episode because i don't have that many comments other than go watch this stuff like everybody's talking Mm. about the golden age of tv queen's gambit this the crown like these are shows that everybody could be watching right now and they're really good so you know from my standpoint it just improved it was a season two that off of a really good season one which is rare usually season ones are boners of a season and then season two is where it starts picking up and then in three that's where you you know that's the Mm. typical buffy and it was done in a billion other series back in the day that's when everything hits its stride nowadays like this is just good better like i can't wait to season three it's going to be the best absolutely absolutely and maybe you know we'll get to work on a on a star wars disney show at some point someday someday yes i should hope so star wars disney i don't know what would i want to do star wars disney I mean, I just like to. I just like to be on set. To be honest, <laughs> just see, just, just. I, see I have a how... feeling like, yeah, Les Brothers Victorious. I have a feeling this would be like Ed. Stop sniffing people. Stop. Stop trying to steal <laughs> gear. Stop being a fan geek. We have work to do. I, I know I'd be extremely professional and I would only steal props at the end. No, you wouldn't. But but the best part is that's why you got to watch the gallery because you got like Filoni there with a bunch of his stuff. Like, dude, can I take that home? They, they're all like that. So, no, I, I think very much, you know, for me, it's more that I love sci-fis and westerns like you. Like, it's not necessarily Star Wars. I think Star Wars is a great, great kind of thing. But for yeah, me, it's yeah. more this is sci-fi western TV that everyone can enjoy. So, yeah, I'd be more than happy to do Disney Star Wars show someday. 
Um, Amen. If anyone's asking. <laughs> but at that rate, we, we will put the show to a close right now. I have no idea what we're doing next week. It's too close for Christmas for me to have an idea what we're doing next week, Ed. And I don't think we've been yeah. able to, 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 to get Mitchie down for this side of Christmas. So um, we will find something to put towards you in our Christmas whatever. We will have Dirty 20 has something interesting coming out next week. So tomorrow they're going to be doing a special Christmas one shot. So any D&D fans listening to this, we are going to have a special, not live broadcast, but it, it will be recorded as it was live. Um, that will a live be, play, yeah. Yeah, sent, sent out on our website and via YouTube for everybody to watch as a little Christmas bonus this year. So hope everybody enjoys that. But otherwise, we'll come up with something funny for you for Christmas. I don't know. I've got a million. We could just go see some bad Christmas films if we really wanted to. But, yeah. <laughs> um, we'll figure something out to bring the Christmas cheer. And uh, yeah, man. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Check us out on the website and catch you later. Thank you. Bye-bye.